just a minute. But uh, thank you for coming together on a special evening where we get the chance to welcome a good friend of mine, uh, a brother that I've got to know over the last four years and love deeply. So uh, I'm going to welcome to the stage and not try to give him any further introduction other than Daniel Messiah. Amen. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord. That's why. I am delighted to be here with you guys, and uh, it's an honor. And uh, we welcome all the people on Facebook. Can you give the people in Facebook a hand? And also, can you give your worship team a hand? They did an awesome job. And your pastor and Angela. Angela. And the kids. Amen. Uh, I love your pastor and uh, uh, Angela and the kids. I spent a couple of times uh, in the home, and the kids are incredible. You know, they love the Bible. They love the Word of God like dad and mom. And thank you, Lord, for uh, Barack and Angela and their family. Let us uh, just ask the Lord presence to be tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, meeting new friends tonight, and uh, we know, Lord, you are here. You came to bless every one of us. Lord, uh, we're asking that you will glorify your name tonight, and uh, we all, in one accord, uh, asking you uh, to show us your glory. Show us your glory tonight, Lord. And uh, bless every family, every one is present today. In Jesus' name we pray. We also pray, pray, Lord, for this church, that this church will uh, be a light to all the wood lawn area and the shine of the word of God and Jesus Christ will cover the whole town. We pray for the campus. We pray for all the students, international, from every nation, from every tribe, to come to know you as their Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am delighted to be here, and uh, I wanted to introduce my lovely wife, Janine. Can you raise your hand? Yeah, my wife is uh, always a great support for me. And, uh, you know, I feel like uh, God brought us here tonight and brought you tonight not by an accident. How many of you heard that Egyptians are the funniest people in the Middle East? I am from Egypt, and I'm not saying that because I'm from Egypt, but I, was, I, am, in, I am a missionary for almost 40 years. Uh, all over the country, and Europe, and many, many places. And uh, if you know a Middle Eastern person, ask them, who are the funniest people in the Middle East? They will tell you Egyptian. And I will tell you a story about that. Uh, one day uh, in Spain, uh, the Lord led me to take uh, 400 Bible to smuggle it to Morocco. I put them in my trunk, and I saw an American missionary. I told him, hey, brother, come on, come with me. 
They said, no, you are crazy. You know, they will arrest us at the border. I told them, don't be chicken. Come on, you are an American. You know, what, what is the worst case scenario? They will send you to America, but they will arrest me because at that time I was Egyptian. And uh, I kept pushing him. And finally, I convinced him to come with me in the car. And we started driving, and I see in his face all color. You know, when we're getting close to the border, a lot of uh, Muslim soldiers with their guns uh, at the gate of Morocco. And uh, they stopped my car, and they asked me, what is your nationality? Where are you from? I said, I'm from Egypt. Immediately, the guy said to me, tell me a joke. <laughs> because they know we are funny people, you know. All Middle Easterns, they love to meet Egyptian and talk like Egyptian. And that's how the song came, Walk Like Egyptian, you know. Uh, and uh, after I told the guy this joke, I started praying, in fact. You know, I said, Lord, give me a joke. I have 500 Bible in my trunk. <laughs> you know, I would be arrested if I didn't make this guy laugh. And uh, the Lord reminding me with a joke, I shared it with him. He started laughing, and he said to the old soldier, open the gates to this guy. And we start walking, and I mean driving, and through the gates of Morocco, and we start giving Bible to everybody, and we almost give 400 gospel to 400 Muslim in Morocco. And that's how I brought the name, Open the Gates for my ministry. And uh, let us see the video about Open the Gates and uh, to get you to know what God is doing overseas and in many places. This is our TV satellite to Muslim world. converted in the Middle East. Three million Muslims converted in Egypt. One million in Iraq. One million in Iran. 130,000 in Algeria. In Africa, every year, six million Muslims converted to Christianity. Open the Gates mission is simple. Reaching the Muslim world, not just in the Middle East, the United States is seeing rapid growth among Muslim communities. Daniel Messiah's ministry, teaching churches and other Christians the intricacies of Islam, the Muslim community, and how to engage a Muslim with a prime objective, to lead them to the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. The numbers that have now been reached by Open the Gates are astonishing. Its weekly TV program is seen by thousands of Muslims. It is considered a very important thing that a person is a Christian. You imagine that you have this encounter with 
the creator of heaven and earth. Praise the Lord. How can I deny? What's up? What's going on? I say, Dad, I'm going to follow another God. I'm not longer one to be with Allah. And I took my hijab off and I tore it. And I screamed out loud. I said, God, are you there? I was yelling because I was looking for love all my life. Now, Daniel Messiah would like to take the gospel message to every house in the Middle East through the satellite, also covering the United States, Mexico, and Canada. We are asking you to partner with Daniel in financially supporting this exciting Roxat ministry. Through this, we can show God's love in a visible way to the Muslim world. Muslims are behind closed doors, doors of hatred, doors of rejection, doors of fear. And God is calling us, calling me to go and open the gates and bring those Muslims to experience God's love and the freedom in Jesus Christ. And God gave us the opportunity through the rock set to go in every Muslim house in the Middle East without the government resisting the message of God. And we asking you to help us and to support us support the Zarak said to go to the end of the Middle East. With the public confusion by Islam's polar message of acceptance and violence, Messiah says there's a lot of work to do to both educate the Christian community and to reach the Muslim world for Christ. And thank you so much, church, for adopting us as your missionary and uh, supporting us and uh, your church here, Pastor uh, Barak, and the church start supporting our building in North Carolina. We started uh, uh, an operation there for East Coast. We originally in California, and the Lord led us to start uh, another headquarter for Open the Gates in North Carolina to cover the area of East Coast. And uh, I'm very thankful for your church and your support to us. And uh, tonight I wanted to share with you a very simple uh, verse, uh, very well known to us, 2 King 7-9. If you read with me, uh, or open your Bible on 2 Kings 7 9. And the verse, uh, three lovers, uh, they said to one another, if you open 2 Kings 7 9 from the Old Test- Testament, then they said to each other, We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will take over us. 
the Lord called me and my wife to go and carry the gospel to millions of Muslims around the globe. And we started with uh, the satellite and uh, we start being on the air and we receiving uh, a great result of the ministry and uh, the TV is impacting many, many lives. You can go watch it, therocksat.com. Uh, it's in Arabic, but uh, Sunday morning from 9 o'clock until 3 o'clock, it's English. And you will see great preacher on our channel. And uh, I will need more time to talk about how the rock set impacting uh, lives in Middle East and in America. And also the purpose of our ministry is to educate and equip Christian and churches on how they witness to Muslim. And uh, before I go through this verse, uh, I don't know if we have the video of Open the Gate, the second video. Uh, it show. Okay, I wanted. That's okay. We will go by your order. I will show you this video. This video showing you what God is doing in Middle East. You never see videos like that. And uh, here, listen and watch this video. <laughs> في الشمال أقول في الجنوب وأخشى إن بقي الأمر على ذلك لعامين فقط ألا يكون في شمال السودان موحد. This guy is one of the famous Muslim leader in in Egypt. He warning all Middle East to stop the conversion of Muslim from Islam to Christianity. And if the rate kept going this way in two years. The whole Sudan will be for Christ. You never saw this video. By the way, I got this video from Al Jazeera TV, not the 700 Club. Okay, just for the record. And many Muslims in Sudan, uh, in Africa, you saw on the website six million Muslims are coming and accepting the Lord every year. The Lord is working in overseas. The Lord is working among Muslims. But sadly, we are not aware of that as a Christian here in America. But I go every year to many uh, countries. Like I said, I am a missionary for almost 40 years. And I go to Africa. I go to Europe. I go to every place you're thinking about. And I saw many people coming to know the Lord. And Muslims today are open for the gospel than ever. Why? Because they start to see that Allah cannot satisfy their heart, cannot fill their heart. And all Muslims now is searching to find the truth about God, especially after 9-11. They start seeing, wow, is this is our God? Is this is Allah telling us to bomb and kill people? And they start looking for the truth. And over 43 
50% of Muslims today seeing vision and dreams and believing in Jesus because of the vision and dreams. Jesus appeared to people while they walking and hearing their voices and God start speaking to many Muslims to go to, to church and uh, to listen to the message uh, of the gospel. Uh, I remember uh, one day uh, I was scheduled to speak at College Avenue Baptist Church uh, in one Sunday and uh, I received a call from them. They said, we have uh, someone from Saudi Arabia and uh, we didn't understand him. Could you please talk with him? And I started talking with him in Arabic, and I found out he is the son of the Saudi Arabian ambassador in Mozambique, in France, uh, in uh, other three countries. And I told him, I would love to, to meet you next Sunday. And he came to the church the following Sunday. And guess what? I took him to a lunch. And during the lunch, I started to show him uh, I shared with him my story, my testimony, how I came to know the Lord, and I, I saw in his eyes he's ready to accept Christ. I told him, do you like to receive Christ? He said, yeah, what I need to do? I said, just pray after me. And I started praying, Lord Jesus. He doesn't want it to say Lord Jesus. I said, what happened? Why you didn't say Lord Jesus? I said, because we know Jesus is a prophet in, in, in the Quran. You know, uh, not Lord. That's how Muhammad deceived many Muslims, telling them that Jesus is just a prophet. And I, I showed him from the Quran. Uh, I studied the Quran since I was five years old, and I memorized the Quran. I opened the Quran, and I started showing him that the Quran saying Jesus is God. And the guy said, okay, okay, go ahead, pray. And I said, Lord Jesus. He said, Lord Jesus. I said, forgive my sin. He doesn't want it to say forgive my sin. I said, what happened now? And he said, because Allah cannot forgive sins. I said, but, you know, we're talking about God's love to you. God loves you. He came. He sacrificed Jesus for you. He said, okay, okay, go ahead, pray. And he started repeating. This prayer took me an hour until the guy gave his life to Christ. And praise the Lord. You know, we baptize him in Lahoya. And he became a Christian, and that is the son of the Saudi Arabian ambassador. And I wanted to encourage you tonight that God is moving in the Middle East. God is doing incredible work among Muslims. And people are seeing vision dream. And I have this story about this lady from Saudi Arabia. She was driving her car in San Diego. And she heard a voice telling her, go to this church and worship me. You know, she, she thought this is Allah. And she went to the church she saw, and she parked, and she attended the service, and she was sitting in the back, and uh, next to her was one of my students I teach in the Bible college. And after the service, she started introducing herself, and she told her how you came to this church. She said, I hear the voice telling me to go worship uh, uh, God here. And she started talking with her. She said, okay, you need to meet with Daniel Messiah. And she arranged a meeting with me. And uh, I met her for two hours. And I started showing her all truths about Jesus from the Bible. And she started crying. 
and she accepted Christ as her savior and we baptized her too in San Diego. And I can take hours uh, showing you what God is doing among Muslim people. I would like to show you this coming video about Muslims are attending churches in Middle East because they seeking truth about God. No, not this one. Can you go next one? Yeah, next one. Okay. And I wanted to show you uh, how African people are really uh, praising God in their meeting. This is a conference in Africa. I think we'll go for the next one. It's coming. Have faith. Yes, thank you. This is my church in Egypt, where I accepted Christ. And I wanted you to see how many Muslims attending the service. الكنيسة دي كنيسة ميدان التحرير اسمها قصر الدبارة لأن المنطقة دي كان اسمها كده مرة تانية برحب معنا أصدقاء وإخوات لينا مسلمين دعناهم أصحابنا ممكن الضيوف مش اللي هيكرموا ممكن يقفوا ممكن كل إخواتنا المسلمين تفضلوا 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 عندنا إخوات كتير قوي أصدقاء جايين النهاردة أهلا وسهلا أهلا وسهلا أهلا وسهلا I love what the Lord is doing. You can imagine that's in Egypt, under Sharia law, in a Muslim nation, churches are open and Muslims are coming without fear. You know, in my time, the Christians were afraid, like my uh, chicken uh, friend, I took him to Morocco. You know, they're afraid to share the gospel with Muslims. But today, there is a big revival in Egypt. And thousands of Muslims, a million of Muslims, in fact, accepting Christ. And I wanted you to encourage you tonight to carry the gospel to the people around you. 
And that's what I wanted to talk with you and also share my story. In 2 Kings 7-9, the Bible telling us those four lepers, they were talking to each other and they said, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news and we remain silent. Church, you need to go and spread the gospel in uh, wood, lawn, uh, street, and the area around you. You can't come on Sunday having good time, hearing the word and the music, and you go home, and that's it. The Lord is telling us today is the day of good news, and we remain silent. If we remain silent, punishment will take over us. Church, we have freedom right now to go and share the gospel to any people. Uh, I know a Christian friend. Uh, when I was in Egypt, I born in a Muslim family, and my real name was Muhammad Kamel. And I never know anything about Christianity. Everything I know about Christianity was coming from Hollywood, from your movie. And every time I watch a movie, I said, wow, those people are crazy. Look what they do. They drink liquor. They kill each other. And women in bikini. Look, what kind of, of Christianity is this? You know, and that's what Muslims are viewing Christianity. Through TV, Hollywood, and guess what? They watch you. If you are not living for Christ, you are bringing shame to the name of Jesus. Because Muslims, they have no way to read the Bible. The Bible is forbidden for Muslims. They can't touch even the Bible, even in Saudi Arabia. If, if you meet anyone from Saudi Arabia and you try to give him a Bible, he will tell you, no, 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 I can't touch it. They think the Bible is unclean. Do you know why? Because of Hollywood. Because the life of many Christians, they're calling themselves Christian, but they are not living for Christ. And I know a friend, yes, you can clap for this. This is a true point, you know. And I was watching my friend, and my friend never told me, Jesus loves you. For 12 years, I have this friend, and I call him a chicken friend, because he afraid to share the gospel with me. He never tell me, Jesus loves you, Muhammad. He never told me, here is the Bible, read it. Let me ask you, when was the last time you give someone a Bible? And just be honest, you are in God's presence tonight. When was the last time you went to your neighbor and said, hey, neighbor, I wanted to tell you a good news. Today is the good news. You are the only group of people know a good news. Nobody else have a good news. Open the TV and see it's all terrible news. But only in Jesus Christ there is hope. 
and good news. And God is a God of good news. When last time you went to a friend and pray over him, over his family, over the kids, and bless them in the name of Jesus. My friend never shared anything with me. Do you know why? Because he afraid of persecution. He afraid that he got he can get arrested and put in jail. And Christian at that time, in my time in 1979 to 1981 or 82, Christian church in Egypt were living in fear. And that's what Christianity in America is. The church in America today live in fear. There is no persecution, but they are afraid. Nobody will tell you anything if you, if you stand in the street and say, Jesus loves you guys. But the church, afraid, they live in fear. And that's what happened with my friend. And one day I decided to mock him in, in the church. And I will go and make fun of the Christian in the church. I told him, could you please take me to your church? He afraid to take me to his church. He thought I would put a bomb in his church. He decided to send me to a different church. See how Christians love each other? Don't bomb my church. It's okay. Bomb the other church. You know, I, I, I remember uh, a funny story happened to me in the airport. Usually everywhere I go, I'm surrounded by funny story. you know. And uh, one day I was preaching in uh, Philly. And uh, I share my story, and uh, a lady, she got a copy of my book, Traitor, and uh, she read it, and she was excited, and she came to meet me at the door after the service. It's a big church, you know, a couple of thousand of people, and uh, it was hard that I have enough time to meet everyone. But uh, she was working in the TSA, in the airport. And uh, when I traveled from Philly going to, Lo to Las Vegas, I started going through the security, and guess who was there? This lady for, uh, working with the TSA. And I put everything in my pocket, in the plate, and uh, she noticed this is Daniel Messiah because my business card opens the gate. She started screaming in the airport, you Daniel Messiah, I can't believe it. I tried to meet you and I got your book. I shared your story. And she was very loud in the, in, in the airport. And I am Egyptian. I didn't want it, you know, a lady from TSA, you know, talk loud. I didn't want it. people know I, I have a bomb or something, you know. I tried to cool her down, please, you know. It's okay, you know. And uh, usually in, in the airport, when they stop me and asking me, what's your nationality? I would say I am Mexican. I never say Egyptian. <laughs> and uh, th this is always a funny story happening. You know, I have another story in England, but it's a long story. You know, my wife tried to uh, get uh, the lotion through the security area, and the guy tried to throw her lotion, and we start coming, you know, in conversation. And to make the story short, you know, my wife got a crazy idea. And instead of them taking the lotion, she told me, Daniel, you know, let me pour the lotion over you. Take your shoes off. 
and we, she started, you know, putting lotion on my feet, on my back, on my hand, and I still, we still have half of, of the lotion. I told her, Janine, let me pour it over you. And we started doing this in the airport of, uh, in England, and the whole airport starts smelling lotion, you know. And we start talking about Jesus to all the security guard and warning them that Muslim, they have agenda to take England. And sadly, England and uh, France, they didn't know the dangerous are, is coming uh, to uh, make Muslim taking over those two nations. And we need to pray for our nation too. Uh, but my friend ain't taking me to this church. You see this church on the screen? And uh, when I went there, I sat in the back. I was waiting when the liquor will be served, when the bad thing will happen, the dancing, and uh, a woman with bikini will come, like the movie. My favorite actor uh, in uh, Hollywood was uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, Eastwood? Yeah, Clint Eastwood. That's how you say it? Okay. And uh, this guy is terrible. And everything, everything in my mind about Christianity was this actor. This is his representative of Christianity. You see, guys, we are the fifth gospel. Muslim cannot get a copy of the Bible. But guess what? They're watching you. They can get the message through your love through Jesus living in your life. And uh, I was waiting, waiting, nothing happened. And the pastor started asking for prayer. And everybody closed their eyes. And I told my friend, how you guys pray? He said, close your eyes and listen to the prayer. I thought he wanted me to close my eyes. This way they can do the bad thing during the meeting. I pretended I'm closing, but I was watching everything in the meeting, and nothing happened. I was very disappointed because I came for this reason, to mock Christians in their churches. And at the end of the meeting, we started going home, and I told my friend, could you please write your prayer for me? And I said, maybe I will find something against this prayer, and I can mock Christians by it. And he wrote the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven. I took it. I went to the room. I sat on the bed. And I started reading the first line. Our Father in heaven. I started laughing. And I said, those people are really crazy. They call it God Father. And I opened the window. And remember, Egyptians are funny. And I tried to mock this prayer. Uh, and I started asking God, you are my daddy? You are my father? Those people are crazy. When did you marry to my mom? I didn't know when. And while I am mocking this prayer, boom, the Lord's presence was in my room. And he sat next to me on the bed, and I felt his arm around me, surrounding me, his face next to me. And he started whispering in, in my ear, yes, I am your daddy. I am your father. It break my heart because I never know God loves me 
this way. And uh, uh, I started crying and I said to the Lord, uh, why you lift me 23 years? Why you lift me 23, uh, 23 years? And I went to sleep. I wake up the second day and uh, I went to church not to mock Christian or watching Christian, but to know the truth about what happened to me. And uh, at the church, there was a conference in Alexandria, and they invited me, and I went to the conference, and the preacher was preaching, Jesus can change your heart. Jesus can change your life. When I hear that, I start to feel, wow, I wanted to be changed. For many years in Islam, I wanted change, but there is no change in Islam. And I took a side at the conference next to a sofa, and I start testing God of Christianity, God of Christian. And I said, Lord, if you really change people, change me. I need to be changed. And I start just focusing on this. I am not a Christian at the time. I didn't know how to pray, but I know one thing. I need to be changed. And I start praying ser seriously. And I said, Lord, change me. If, if this guy telling the truth changed my life, and boom, again, a shower of the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I felt like power is going all over, inside and outside, covering me by the Holy Spirit. And I start speaking in tongues. And I am in Presbyterian church. It's not Pent Pentecostal church or Christian. Bo -bo 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 -bo. Praising the Lord with a new language. And everybody was astonished. Wow, we know this guy's a Muslim. He's speaking in tongues. And I never even read the Bible about the gift of the Holy Spirit. But God wanted to prove to me, I can change people. And I will give you my spirit, and you will be a new person. And I encourage you this evening, if you never have relationship with God, and if you have desire for change, just while you're sitting now, close your eyes and be serious with God. And if you are watching us, just where you are, at your home, in your car, I don't know why I mention a car, but in your car, uh, anywhere you are, you know, Jesus, maybe he's watching on his cell phone in the car, you know, and uh, uh, Jesus can change your life. Jesus can give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And everything changed in me. And I became bold, and I stopped praying for eight hours every day, reading the Bible, spending time with my heavenly daddy. And I decided not to be a chicken Christian. I decided to be like Jesus. I, I, I decided to follow uh, the Apostle Paul way of reaching people. And I read the book of Daniel, and in the book of Daniel, I saw the boldness of Daniel and his friend, the three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You know, by the way, this is the right 
pronunciation for the three friends. Your English is weird. <laughs> I'm telling you. You know, I can prove it to you. It's another true funny story happened uh, in, uh, uh, with me. I was in Spain waiting for the flight to take me to America. And while I'm waiting in the airport, I saw American people greeting each other. Hey, man. Hey, man. I thought they saying amen to each other. And I said, wow, praise the Lord. All Americans are Christian. They greeting each other. Amen, amen, you know. And I landed to Detroit. I saw the same people saying, hey, man, hey, man. And some bad words in between. I said, that's weird Christianity, you know. But your English is weird. And by the way, my wife, the minute she heard the story, uh, she make a doll and she call it, hey, man, amen. And the doll have my face, you know, and uh, it's a very funny doll. And we try to give this doll uh, to refugees' kids in this December. And uh, we have a sponsor sheet outside, you know, uh, just stop by at the table and you will see good stuff God can use you for. Uh, anyway, uh, the minute I start reading about Shadrach, Meshach, Abdenaru in the Bible, I said, Lord, I decided to change my name from Muhammad Kamel to Daniel Abdel Messiah, which means Daniel, the slave of the Messiah. And I went back to my family. I said, Mom, Dad, I became a Christian. And I didn't know a great persecution is waiting for me. And everybody jumped on me. They started hitting me in the face with her foot, and my mom wanted to kill me. She put her nail in my neck, and uh, I was able to escape from the house at the time. I went back to my church, and I decided to take the Bible to many Muslims in the street of Egypt and everywhere I go. And I start praying that God will use my life to spread the gospel because I was deceived. I never know that God loves me, that God is my daddy. And uh, I will go to uh, inside the bus full of people. I will stand in the bus and I will shout, hey guys, have you heard about Jesus? And that's in Egypt under Sharia Allah in a Muslim nation. And I will give everybody Bible in the bus, everyone sitting there. Uh, I will go to the high-rising building and go inside the elevator. And the minute the elevator close, I have a captive audience. I will start sharing the gospel. Like I told you, I, I can't believe a Christian be silent. I can't believe it. And until now, every time I share my testimony, I feel like my friend, you can imagine a friend for 12 years. He never shares the gospel with me. My prayer, don't do it. Go, give gospel, pray for people, pray for your neighbor, and tell people about the good news. Today is the day of good news, and we remain silent, churches. And uh, I became excited and, uh, about reaching out to Muslim, and one day I was in a taxi, and I shared the gospel was a taxi driver, and guess what? The taxi driver went to the secret police and reported me. 
they came, the second police came to my church, they arrested me, and even my pastor wanted me to leave from the back door of the church. I told them, no, 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 I will go with them. I, I was excited, I will witness to the second police people. And uh, I went with them to their building, and for three days, interrogation about why I became a Christian, and I shared uh, open, openly, boldly, uh, with boldness, that Jesus is the only Savior. And I told uh, the chief secret police, if you have a Bible in your office, and he said, yeah. And he opens the door, he brought a Bible. I told him, read uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 12. And it said, there is no other name has been given under heaven to people to be saved, except the name of Jesus. I told them, look, the name of Muhammad is not there. The name of Moses is not there. It's the only the name of Jesus. And the guy cannot believe that a Muslim guy became a Christian. He told me, we'll keep you three days here in our building. And then he transferred me to the attorney general of all Egypt. This guy has the power to put me in prison or he can release me. And in the meeting with the Attorney General, I was, again, exciting about what God will do in this meeting. And I was praying, and I said, Lord, use me to witness to the Attorney General. And uh, after a couple of hours interrogation, I told him, Mr. Hisham, his name is Hisham Hamouda. Mr. Hisham, I will ask you three questions. If you answer them, I will go back to Islam. I will renounce Jesus. If you didn't answer those three questions, you need to accept the Christ. And guess what? The guy said, okay, go ahead. And the funny thing is, now I'm interrogating the attorney general. You see how Jesus is funny? You know, he turned the whole sitting. And I told them the first question, does Allah in Islam loves you? Can you say Allah loves me? He said, I didn't know. There is no love uh, from Allah to Muslim in the Quran. Uh, Allah in the Quran never loves sinner. And I told them the second question. Where are you going if you die today? You're going to heaven or to hell? And his answer said, I didn't know. I didn't know. I told them the third question. Is Allah able to change you in Islam? He said, no, Allah will never change anybody. I told them, did you notice your answer? Allah does not love you. Allah will not take you to heaven. Allah is not powerful to change you. Why are you following Allah in Islam? And the guy turned the table and he started asking me that same three questions. He said, is God loves you in Christianity? I said, of course. God loves me. He came from heaven. He died on the cross for my sin. Yes, Jesus loves me. He said, where are you going if you die? I said, I'm going to heaven. And I can prove it to you in your office. And the guy's eye became bigger. And we have four soldiers with guns in his office. Uh, he said, how? I said, I know who you are. You are the attorney general of all Egypt. With your signature, I will be behind the sun. Which means I will get disappeared. Even if you do that. I know where I'm going. I am not afraid of you. I know I'm going 
to my daddy. And he asked me the third question, is God changing people in Christianity? I said, of course. That's why I am here in your office. And you can imagine, they never have someone uh, standing, witnessing with this kind of boldness in Egypt and the Muslim nation. And the guy cannot put me in prison so far because I'm sharing about Jesus changed my life. You know, he asked me two sensitive questions. He said, what do you think about the Quran? Is the Quran from God? I told him, don't be sensitive. Don't take it personally. The Quran does not worth three pennies for me. That's the expression mean false. And the guy who write the report on the other side of his disk, he told him, Mr. Hisham, do you want me to write this? Because this is blasphemy. He said, yeah, write this. And the guy started writing, oh, Allah, forgive me. Oh, Allah, forgive me. Because he writing with his own hand, the Quran does not worth three pennies. Then he asked me the second question. He said, what do you think about the prophet Muhammad? Is he a prophet from God? I told him again, don't be sensitive. Don't take it personally. Muhammad can be anything, but not a prophet from God. And again, the guy who writes the report told him, sir, do you want me to write this? He said, yeah, write this. And he started shouting more. Oh, Allah, forgive me. Oh, Allah, forgive me. Oh, Allah, forgive me. And Mr. Hisham signed my paper to be in prison, solitary confinement for the rest of my life. And I was excited because I will go to prison and guess what? I will have all those prisoners to witness to them about Jesus. And uh, when I went to prison, I found no bed, no cover, uh, no toilet, no shower. I am not allowed to change my clothes. I can't brush my teeth. They put me in a, in, in a cell and they lock me. All prisoners have free time every day except me. And I remember my toilet was a coffee can with sharp edges. I used to take my shoes and cover those edges to use a coffee can. And all prisoners became suspicious. Why is they locking this guy? And they started sneaking during their free time through my small window. They approach me knocking the door. Why is he arresting you? And I will tell them, I was a Muslim, became a Christian. And that's what the Lord gave me to say everyone, to everyone, a Muslim became a Christian. Say, wow, you crazy. And the whole prison heard about Jesus and my story. And my nickname was Bishop Muhammad. That's how they called me. Go, here's the story of Bishop Muhammad. And every prisoner tells the other prisoner. And the news went to the attorney general. You know, you need to release this guy. The whole prison will be Christian very soon. And he released me after eight months in solitary confinement. And uh, I praise the Lord. Nothing, no sickness, no skin disease. You can imagine no shower for eight months. You can brush your teeth for eight months. No clothes change. You didn't change your clothes for eight months. And uh, after that, the Lord called me to ministry in Spain. And from Spain, I came to the United States. And God 
started using me uh, with Open the Gates ministry to reaching all over million of Muslim all over and we praise the Lord he's doing an awesome and great job seeing many Muslim coming to know the Lord and uh, God gave us a baby first born uh, boy uh, Joshua and we were excited you know God uh, gave me a son and I was watching the Ten Commandment movie uh, in Detroit and I saw uh, the name Joshua sounded good for me. I said, okay, I will call my son Joshua. And uh, we moved from Michigan to California, Costa Mesa. At Costa Mesa, uh, my wife was working in uh, uh, helping other people in the house, uh, like a nanny. And uh, she took Joshua was here. And uh, the house has a swimming pool in the backyard. And she left Joshua. She was taking care of the rest of the other, uh, the rest of the kids, and Joshua was learning how to walk, and he started going to the backyard door. He opens the door, and he fall down in the swimming pool, and he died. And my wife at the time, uh, she was not aware uh, what happening to Joshua. She was looking to him after half an hour. And she stopped calling him, Josh, Josh, Josh. And Josh disappeared. Finally, she looked at the backyard and she found him in the swimming pool dead. She pulled him and started crying. And uh, she called me and the message I received, your son is dead. Your son is dead. It's terrible news. You didn't want it to hear this news. Your son is dead. And I, I took, uh, my friend took me to the scene where is the house. I saw ambulance on fire and everybody crying. And uh, my son in the body bag, they seal him. They announce him dead. They surround him with yellow robes. And it's an accident scene. And I came and I started crying when I saw my son, my firstborn in the body uh, bag. And while I'm crying, the Lord started whispering to my ears again. And he said, Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And the minute this verse came to my spirit and my mind, I felt like the Holy Spirit is telling me, Jesus did miracles in the past. He can do one today. Because he is the same yesterday today and forever jesus cannot change jesus is alive today and jesus can do miracle today i didn't know where are you where is your situation where is your sickness uh, where is uh, the dead end you facing but i know one thing jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the minute the Holy Spirit gave me this verse in my mind, I went to close to my son, and I nailed next to his body. And I prayed very short a prayer. I said, Lord, show me your glory. I wanted to see your glory. And guess what happened? Boom, my son starts screaming inside the body bag. And everybody was shocked, because they were witnessing 
half an hour ago, he was dead in this body bag. And they opened the body bag, they started treating him, and the ambulance people came and said, good news, he will be alive, but we need to take him to the hospital. And they took him to the hospital, and the doctor came to me with a bottle of water this size. He said, did you see this water? It came from his lungs. Don't put your hope high. Your son will be vegetable. And even I didn't know what that means, because vegetable in my English means a vegetable we eat. And I said, my son will be vegetable. And I look at my friend, you know, I said, what's vegetable mean? You know, and he explained to me, he will have a brain damage. And uh, when I heard this, the doctor said, he will lose his sight or hearing, and he will not remember you. I took this bad report to my God, to my daddy, to my father. And I went to the waiting room in the hospital, and I kneeled next to a chair, and I said, Lord, I never read in the Bible that you raised someone, and he became vegetable. And I am praying in Jesus' name to show me your glory and heal my son completely. And if you heal my son completely, I will go anywhere carrying the good news to people. And guess what? After a couple of hours, I tried to wake him up. He's a tiny uh, boy covered by wires, and they cut both feet to give him IV and connect him to machine. And I start waking him up, Josh, Josh, Josh. Suddenly, Josh opened his eyes, and he did like this to me. That's how we play together, you know. Uh, and the minute he did that, I know he recognized me, and Jesus healed him. And uh, I grab him from the bed. I start shouting, Jesus healed my son. Jesus healed my son. The whole machines start peeping in the nursing room. And they rush. They come, you crazy. What are you doing? You know, I said, Jesus raised my son. And they said, okay, let us examine your son. And they examined him, and the doctor came and said, you know what? We heard about miracles, but today we saw one. Jesus, uh, uh, their, your son is completely healed. No brain damage. We will hold him for 24 hours until tomorrow. If nothing happened, you come and pick your son. And we came after 24 hours the second day, and we picked him up from the hospital. And he, now he is 34 years old. He is a complete, active uh, man of God. He loves the Lord. And he has now my first grandson. And God showed me Jesus is the same. And I wanted to encourage you today that wherever you're going, you have financial trouble, you lost your job, you lost something you love, Jesus telling you tonight, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wanted to heal you. He wanted to heal you. He wanted to make a miracle in your life. What you need just to come to the Lord and tell him, Lord, I surrender my life to you, like what I did. I said, Lord, here is my life. Use it for your glory and see what God can do 
for a man or a woman, they give their life completely to the Lord. Amen. Let us pray together. Just close your eyes and uh, start thinking about everything you hear today. If you forgot everything, remember those three things. Jesus loves you. He's your daddy. He's your father in heaven. And whatever happened in your life, he wanted you to come back home. Secondly, he wanted to change you. He wanted to change your heart and give you the Holy Spirit. He wanted to come with great power of God and turn your life upside down. And your life will be uh, no more the old life, but it's a new life in Jesus Christ. Third point, Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And he wanted to show you his glory. Let me ask you, anyone tonight, while we are praying, anyone here would like to give his life to Christ? Just raise your hand. Say, Lord, uh, I wanted to give my life to Christ. Anyone here would like to give his life to Christ? Raise your hand. Are you raising your hand? Good. Yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else? Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Jesus is here. And he brought me tonight to give you this message from an Egyptian Muslim. He never knew your God. But your God changed Muhammad Kamel to Daniel Abdel Messiah. Anyone else would like to receive Christ tonight? Raise your hand. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else would like to give his life to Christ? Okay. Anyone here need a prayer for healing? Do you need healing? In your body, do you have, amen? Who else? Okay, who else? Okay, I wanted those people who wanted healing, stand, stand. And I wanted the people around them to go and lay hands on them. Can you lay hands on those people? Go, spread, spread all of you to the people need prayer. And, uh, we wanted the Lord to manifest his power tonight. Amen. Yeah, just be in agreement. Jesus is here. Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And have faith. Have faith in Jesus' name. That Jesus will raise your brother or your sister and will heal them from any sickness going right now in their body. The Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit wanted to glorify the name of Jesus. Keep praying and rebuking. Rebuke all kind of sickness. Ask for healing in Jesus' name. Say, Lord Jesus, we believe in the power of the name of Jesus. We believe in your name, Lord. We believe that your name is above 
all names. Your name is above all names. And in Jesus' name, we rebuke any sickness. We rebuke any cancer. We rebuke any pain in any of my brother and sister. You are a living God. You are a life, Lord. And you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We pray that your Holy Spirit will come right now and power will come out of Jesus. Not from us, Lord, but power coming out of Jesus. And heal my brothers and sisters right now, Lord. Not tomorrow. We need to see miracle tonight. We need to see miracle tonight. You promise if two or three gathering in my name, if two or three agree in one prayer request, I will answer from heaven. In Jesus' name, bring your healing over those people who are standing, having faith in you, having faith in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we glorify your name tonight. And we know you have a meeting with us. You have a meeting with us to show us your glory. Show your glory, Lord, and let power release from you, from the throne of heaven, and shake all sickness, shake all cancer, shake all bones, and let the dry bones stand as a great army in Jesus' name. We love you, Jesus. We receive healing from you on behalf of my brother and sister. And thank you, Lord, because you already done it. And you answer our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. God bless you, church. And thank you for your hospitality, for your kindness. And uh, we love your pastor and his family and you all. God bless you, Pastor Brock. Oh, by the way, there is another video, the last video. It's good news about Egypt, revival in Egypt. And I wanted to leave that to you. 70,000 Egyptians praying in the caves. And they bring Christian and Muslim together in Egypt. This is a day of prayer happened in Egypt uh, many years ago. And uh, it shake Egypt. Prayer works, church. I encourage you to pray. I encourage you to take the gospel to people around you. Call the prayer warrior. That's in a Muslim nation. It will happen in America. No authority over us. We are not afraid of death. See the Catholic priest, what he's doing.
incredible. Today is a day of good news, and we are not silent after tonight. God bless you. Would you please stand as we sing our closing song? <clears throat> church says amen well thank you guys so much for coming out tonight 
God bless you. Just a couple quick announcements. Uh, if you made a profession of faith, if that's something you'd like to discuss further, maybe something took place from a healing standpoint, you just want some additional prayer conversation, by all means, come up see me after service. Happy to talk with you. Would love the opportunity to pray with you. Uh, secondly, uh, Daniel's going to be uh, out here. He's got a table with different things. Uh, he'd, he'd love to get to just meet you, if nothing else. He'd also love to pray uh, for you and with you. And then thirdly, and maybe most important, there's dessert downstairs. Holy cow, there's sugar. There's sugar to get you going again. So you are all invited. Uh, come downstairs, enjoy some of the goodies down there, have a cup of coffee, and uh, we'll see you guys hopefully on Sunday. God bless. Thank you.